the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. There's no change of mind about what you're doing. It's just you don't want to get in trouble. And King Zedekiah here, he's got a worldly sorrow about what happened and what's going on. It's, it's, not, it's not a godly sorrow. He's in big trouble and he's trying to escape the consequences. That's all that he's doing here. And again, he says, perhaps Yahweh will deal with us according to all his wonderful works and make the army just go just go away. He's probably thinking back to uh, the time of Hezekiah. There is a big difference between having a worldly sorrow and having genuine godly sorrow over your sin. Today, Pastor Dan will be explaining how being sorry over getting caught in sin is very different than being sorry for sinning against God. One leads to returning to sin again, and the other leads to true change of behavior and repentance. Has God called you to repent of anything? If so, realize that Jesus paid the price for your sin on the cross, and that your sin cost him his life. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah chapter 21 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Babylonians come, and they arrive outside of Jerusalem in 588 B.C., uh, specifically on our calendar. It was January 15th of 588 B.C. Uh, they surround the city. They begin their siege, and the siege ends uh, July 18th, 586 B.C. So it lasts for 30 months. So almost 30 months the Babylonian army surrounds Jerusalem, and what they would do is they would surround a city, and they would cut off the food supply, and they would just starve out the people that were in the city and just wait. And in this case, with the city of Jerusalem, they wait almost 30 months, or they do wait for 30 months, almost three years. Uh, and we're told elsewhere in the Bible that the people inside of Jerusalem, uh, they turn to cannibalism uh, to survive. Uh, the siege, just a very horrific scene that takes place in the city of Jerusalem at the hands of the Babylonians. So these are some articles that uh, just from 2017, the Jerusalem Post, evidence of Babylonian destruction on Jerusalem, unearthed in the city of David, proof that the Babylonians destroyed Jerusalem 2,600 years ago. It's Fox News. This is an Israeli newspaper. Archaeologists find destruction left by Babylonian conquest of Jerusalem. And this is, you know, this is mainstream news. This isn't Christian news. This is mainstream news that archaeologists have found, uh, and this isn't the only discovery, 
that points to the Babylonian destruction. Uh, there's an abundant amount of evidence, archaeological evidence, that points to the accuracy of the Bible when it comes to the Babylonian destruction of Jerusalem. Uh, archaeology affirms the Bible over and over and over. And it, it tells us that the Bible is trustworthy and the Bible is accurate, just as the Bible says, so it was. And archaeology supports that and proves that and shows us that um, over and over. And I'd like to just point those things out. Uh, because you have so many critics of the Bible and uh, people that will say, well, these things never happened, or the Bible's just full of myth. Uh, you know, the evidence to support the Bible is overwhelming, more than anything else. Um, so let me just give you some backstory here uh, to this siege that takes place by the Babylonians. Um, about 10 years before this, Nebuchadnezzar, the, uh, the, the king of Babylon, he came to Jerusalem uh, he removed the existing king of Judah, Jehoiachin. He put Zedekiah in his place as a puppet king that was ruled by the Babylonians, by Nebuchadnezzar. Um, uh, but then at this point now, Zedekiah the king, he rebels against Babylon. He rebels against Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, Zedekiah, we're told elsewhere in the Bible, he was hoping that the Egyptians to his south, on his southern border, that the Egyptians would come to his assistance in fighting against and rebelling against the Babylonians. But the Egyptians didn't show up. So he rebels, expecting this other superpower to come to his aid. The other superpower doesn't come to his aid. And now the Babylonians come. And Nebuchadnezzar comes with his army uh, to deal with this rebellion from King uh, Zedekiah. If you're a note taker, that's recorded in Ezekiel chapter 17, verses 11 to 18. Um, and so Zedekiah's rebellion causes Nebuchadnezzar to come to Jerusalem with the Babylonian army to attack Jerusalem. And that's what we see taking place here in chapter 21. Uh, I want to I turn with you, though, if you'll turn with me to Second uh, Chronicles 36. 2 Chronicles 36. I promise we'll get to Jeremiah 21 tonight. <laughs> but 2 Chronicles 20, uh, 36, verse 11. And, and remember, Chronicles, it's a chronicle of the kings, uh, and it just gives us kind of a brief summary of, their, of the kings, each king's reign. We're told in 2 Chronicles 36, 11, Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. He did evil in the sight of the Lord his God, and did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet. That's the Jeremiah that we're reading. He didn't humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet, who spoke from the mouth of the Lord, and notice Lord is all capitalized in your Bible, from the mouth of Yahweh. And he also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear an oath by God. But he stiffened his neck and he hardened his heart against turning to Yahweh, God of Israel, 
Moreover, all the leaders of the priests and the people transgressed more and more according to the abominations of the nations and defiled the house of Yahweh, which he had consecrated in Jerusalem. And Yahweh God of their fathers sent warnings to them by his messengers, his prophets, rising up early and sending them. When it says rising up early, that means very early on. As soon as they started to go down this road, God began to send messengers to warn them. Rising up early, sending them because God had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. Because God had compassion on them. But, verse 16, they mocked the messengers of God. They despised his words. They scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people, until there was no remedy. Therefore, verse 17, therefore, because they mocked the messengers of God, because they despised his words, because they scoffed at his prophets, therefore, he brought against them the king of the Chaldeans, that's the Babylonians, who killed their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary and had no compassion on young man or virgin, on the aged or the weak. He gave them all into his hand and all the articles from the house of God, from the temple, great and small, the treasures of the house of Yahweh and the treasures of the king and of his leaders. All these he took to Babylon Then they burned the house of God. They broke down the wall of Jerusalem. They burned all its palaces with fire and destroyed all its precious possessions. And again, those articles I just showed you, what archaeologists found as they were excavating down, they found a burn layer. They found a layer where everything was burned. Everything was ash. And that's this burn that's described here in 2 Chronicles. Verse 20. And those who escaped from the sword he carried away to Babylon, where they became servants to him and his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah. Until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths as long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 Years, And so here we have in Second Chronicles this description of what happened during the reign of Zedekiah. We're told that Zedekiah and the leaders of Judah, they mocked the messengers of God. They mocked Jeremiah the prophet. They despised his words. They scoffed at him. So now go back to Jeremiah 21. That was the response to Jeremiah all along. And now in Jeremiah 21, look what happens now that the city is surrounded by the Babylonians. Look at verse 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, from Yahweh, when King Zedekiah sent to him Pasher, the son of Melchiah, and Zephaniah, the son of Mesa, the priest, saying, Please inquire of the Lord for us, For Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, makes war against us. Perhaps 
Yahweh will deal with us according to all his wonderful works that the king may go away from us. <laughs> so the king Zedekiah and his leaders, they, they mocked Jeremiah, they despised his words, they scoffed at his warnings, until the Babylonians are now outside the city wall. And now they go to Jeremiah and they say to Jeremiah, uh, hey, will you inquire of Yahweh, with Yahweh for us and, and see if maybe he could do one of those wonderful works like he always does and make, make the Babylonians just go away? We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now. Search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Understand, it's not that Zedekiah had a change of heart here. It's not that Zedekiah has repented and is humbling himself and returning to the Lord. Zedekiah is in trouble. And he's just trying to get out of the trouble that he's in. He's in a jam, and he doesn't know what to do, and he's just trying to get out of the consequence here. He's just trying to escape. But he's not, you know, he's not brokenhearted or contrite about rebelling against God. He's not returning back to the Lord. He's, he's just trying to get out of this situation. Uh, you know, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 7 uh, makes a distinction between godly sorrow that leads to repentance and the sorrow of the world, or worldly sorrow. Godly sorrow that leads to repentance is when uh, you have a change of mind about what you're doing. Uh, you, you turn from it. You don't want to do it anymore. You want to change your ways. That's, that's, that's repentance. Uh, worldly sorrow is just when you regret getting caught and you re- regret the consequences and you don't want to experience the consequences of your sin uh, for what you did and so you, you just want to get out of it. But there's no repentance involved. There's no change of heart. There's no change of behavior. There's no change of mind about what you're doing. It's just you don't want to get in trouble. And King Zedekiah here, he's got a worldly sorrow about what happened and what's going on. It's, it's, not, it's not a godly sorrow. He's in big trouble. And he's trying to escape the consequences. That's all that he's doing here. And again, he says, perhaps Yahweh will deal with us according to all his wonderful works and make the army just go, just go away. He's probably thinking back to uh, the time of Hezekiah, who was also a king of Judah. And it was during Hezekiah's reign, remember, that the Assyrian army invaded And the Assyrian army surrounded Jerusalem, 185,000 soldiers. And Hezekiah, he called upon the name of the Lord for help. He genuinely called upon the Lord. And God sent an angel of the Lord 
to wipe out the Assyrian army. And in one night, this angel wipes out the entire Assyrian army, 185,000 troops. And Zedekiah here now, uh, he's, he's saying to Jeremiah, hey, can you pray and maybe God can do another miracle like he did for Hezekiah? Maybe he could send an angel down just like he did for Hezekiah and just make the Babylonian army go away. But there's no repentance here. There's no real belief or anything like that. He's, he's just trying to get himself out of the trouble he's in. And, he, and in a way, he's treating God as like this genie and a bottle. Jeremiah, can't you just say a prayer or something and God will just you know send one of those angels down like he did before? Can't you just do that? So look at the answer in verse 3. Then Jeremiah said to them, Thus shall you say to Zedekiah, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Behold, I will turn back the weapons of war that are in your hand, with which you fight against the king of Babylon and the Chaldeans, who besiege you outside the walls, and I will assemble them in the midst of this city. Now, I think we have to appreciate here Jeremiah's boldness and his bravery here to just speak the truth to the king. Uh, he's, he's got a hard word for him. And he doesn't shy away from it. And he tells Zedekiah that God will not do a wonderful work for him and rescue Judah from the Babylonians like he did in the time of Hezekiah. Instead, he says that God will cause Judah's efforts to fail. And God, he says, will assemble the Babylonian army that's on the outside of the city. God's going to assemble them inside the city. In other words, they're going to conquer the city. And they're going to be on the inside. Look what God says in verse 5 now. It's a hard truth here. I myself, God speaking here, will fight against you with an outstretched hand and with a strong arm, even in anger and fury and great wrath. God himself will fight against Judah. He says with anger and fury and great wrath. Now, what does the Bible say about God's anger? It says he's slow to anger, right? He's long-suffering with us. But Judah now is, has brought God's anger upon them. And again, this didn't just come out of nowhere. It's not that God like, has a short temper and just flew off the handle here. For years and years and years and decades, he's been warning them that this was coming. And now, now they've reached a point where God's, God's anger is poured out, God's wrath is poured out. The Bible tells us, of course, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loves the world so much that he gave his son. But the Bible also tells us there's coming a day where he's going to judge this world in his wrath and his anger. God's offered salvation. He's extended salvation to the world, and the world has rejected that salvation. They've rejected his son. And so there comes a point where God will pour out his wrath and his fury and his anger and judge the world. And Judah here, they, they've rejected God's salvation and they've reached the point now of God's judgment. And again, God says, I myself will fight against you 
with an outstretched hand, with a strong arm, even in anger and fury and great wrath. I will strike the inhabitants of this city, both man and beast. They shall die of a great pestilence or, or disease. Uh, the pestilence will be the result of the siege. Uh, you know, inside the city of Jerusalem, they're, they're cut off. They have no way to take their waste out. They have no way of removing their trash from the city. Uh, people are dying in the city. Animals are dying in the city. Uh, there's no place to bury them in the city. So you have all of this, you know, corruption, decomposition, everything happening inside the city. This is all going to last for almost three years. This is going to take place. Uh, and so it's going to lead to great pestilence and disease in the city. And people are going to die of, the, of pestilence in the city. And afterward, that's not all. Afterward, says Yahweh, I will deliver Zedekiah, king of Judah, his servants and the people, and such as are left in the city from the pestilence and the sword and the famine into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, into the hand of these enemies and into the hand of those who seek their life, and he shall strike them with the edge of the sword. He shall not spare them or have pity or mercy on them. So he's going to deliver them into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar. He's going to deliver Zedekiah, king of Judah, and his family into the hands of the Babylonians. And we know Second uh, Kings chapter 25 tells us that the Babylonians will take King Zedekiah and they will take his sons and they're going to execute his sons right before his eyes. And then they gouge out Zedekiah's eyes so that the last thing that Zedekiah sees is his sons dying before him. And then they carry him off to Babylon and Zedekiah dies in captivity in, in Babylon. The phrase here where it says that he will strike them with the edge of the sword, the phrase it means to slay uh, ruthlessly or without mercy. And so this, this is what's going to happen to Jerusalem, to the king, to the leaders. And now beginning in verse 8, now uh, God speaks to the people of Jerusalem regarding this siege. Watch what he says here. Now you shall say to this people, he's speaking to Jeremiah. This is what Jeremiah is to say to the people of Jerusalem. Thus says Yahweh, behold, Look, give me your attention. I set before you the way of life and the way of death. He who remains in this city shall die by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. But he who goes out and defects to the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, who besiege you, he shall live, and his life shall be as a prize to him, at least you'll be alive, at least you'll have your life. For I have set my face against this city for adversity and not for good, says the Lord. It shall be given into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn it with fire. And concerning the house of the king of Judah, it says, hear the word of the Lord. Now he's going to go on with the house or the family of the king. But he says here to the people in verse 8, again, he says, I set before you the way of life and the way 
of death. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Dan, we invite you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. There you'll have access to our library of previous messages available to listen to online or download to take with you on the go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Each time we post a new teaching, you'll get a notification and be able to listen right away. We're so blessed to be able to provide you with insightful messages taken straight from the pages of God's Word. We pray you've been encouraged today by what you've heard. We'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us as we continue to build this ministry. God is using programs like Ring of Truth to share the message of the gospel through a virtual mission field. Now, more than ever, people are being reached through radio and online teachings. We're so glad we can be a part of it, and we're eager to see where God will take us next. Would you join us in seeking God's will for this ministry? We'd also ask that you keep our listeners in your prayers, that they'll be open to how God is speaking to them. We know God listens to the prayers of His people, and we appreciate you partnering with us in this way. Thanks for joining us today. We encourage you to take the things you're learning in this study and apply them in your daily life. In our next edition, Pastor Dan will continue teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Jeremiah, here on Ring of Truth. See the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. Rings true.